On today's episode, we are talking about the unbalanced roles in homeschooling. Let's face it, mom, some days you feel like all you do is administrative mommy tasks, teaching, and hard work. So now I wake up every morning, throw the hair up in a ponytail, catch them riding dirty, swipe it, shove it in the diaper pail, throw OJ and Fruit Loops in their general direction with gummy vitamins to help them fight off infections. Check the homework and the ear dirt, pack their soccer today. Bounce them out the door so we won't be late. I drive carpool at least 20 times a day. Well, that was comedian Anita Renfro singing In the Motherhood, and I think she nailed it. Yeah, I mean, that's really a description of our days, except as homeschool moms, there's no carpool, you know, there's no dropping them at school. They're with us all day long. And then at the end of the day, dad just swoops in from work. Came in from a three-day trip. I walk in the door and my wife's just standing there waiting for me. (laughs) Honey, I'm home. Yeah, I heard you pulling up. Can I have a hug? (laughs) What's the problem? You need to take the kids somewhere. (laughs) And you need to do it now. Okay. Where, Where do you want me to take them? I don't give a rip where you take them. Just get out of here. Okay, we're going to leave. Let's get in the car. She's here. Get in the car! We're going to go. We'll be back at June. You see what we mean? Homeschooling is unbalanced. That's what we're talking about tonight. Episode 41, Some Dads Have All the Fun. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life. This is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We are going to have a lot of fun on this episode. We have Rachel and Davis Carmen joining us to talk about the subject of what, Kendra? Oh, you know, Fletch, that whole thing where mom has to do things all day long and tells the kids we have to do this and we have to do that. And dad comes home and he gets to do all kinds of fun things with the kids. You know, it's going to be a great conversation, but we had a hard time naming this show. We ended up calling this one, Some Dads Have All the Fun. But really, we, we understand some moms get to have all the fun. And this was just a great conversation and one we've been having around our house 
for a lot of years. We've blogged about this. We've talked about this in previous episodes. So we get to sit down and actually hash it out. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is a good one. Do you have your dukes up? (laughs) I'm not looking for a fight. Wow. So before we get into that, though, let's have our fluff time. And I actually think we should title this new section Fluff Time, (laughs) courtesy of our our listener. Um, What's going on in our family? Well, we just got back from a birthday party today. And here's the cool part about this birthday party. Okay, we have been parenting for 22 years this month, next month, next month. (laughs) I can't even remember. We've been parenting for 22 years next month. And uh, we have never, ever had a birthday party at a, like a birthday party place. So we've never done like Chuck E. Cheese or anything like that. But there's a church in our town that has opened up this really cool, what they call kid space. It's got um, all kinds of like climbing things and slides and you're just a big indoor place. They've got a rock wall and all that stuff. Um, and they do these parties there. And so this was brilliant, Fletch. Why did it take us so long to figure this one out? I don't know. We have listeners that are saying that's what we do every year for our birthdays. So, so we walked in, we had a party and then we... Walked out. Yeah, we left the awesome. cleanup to them. It was Popcorn great. Popcorn was on the floor. Yeah, and actually, we don't always do big birthday parties. Um, that's part of it. But for this uh, little guy turning eight, we did this year. And let me tell you, walking away from the mess was absolutely fabulous. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and we don't have a coffee sponsor yet, Kendra. I just want to tell our listeners we have no coffee sponsors and we have no great Apple report this time. But we do have a letter from one of our listeners. Oh, man. Yeah. I got this text this week. This is so classic. Um, This is actually a text from a friend of ours who is not married and doesn't have children and wasn't homeschooled. (laughs) But she texted, I know, she texted me this uh, just the other day. She said, you know, I um, was on the phone with my cousin, who's a new homeschooling mom. And she said, I was laughing hysterically about her detailed story about the homeschool Valentine's party, which she says she'll never go to again. Her girls made sugar cookies and cake pops to share, and no one would let their kids eat them. Literally, two moms said, I would never allow my child to consume that crap. Everyone eats organic, gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, blah, blah, blah. She says, I was the homeschool co-op failure of the year, but I was wife of the year when we took the untouched treats to my husband's co-workers, so I win, right? Score! The girls had fun, he was happy, and I'm a social leper. Good times. That's, that is classic. You know oh, what? Oh, man. At homeschooling in real life, I will pick this one apart from top to bottom. <laughs> You homeschool whack jobs. Why can you just not let your kids have some fun sometimes? Okay. And just to be fair, I don't think it's only the homeschool community. I think just, you know, there are people who are like, this no, this just, happens at the public school system. We li- yeah, yeah, exactly. And we live in California. So maybe even, even a little bit more so than other parts of the country. You know, Berkeley is just over the hill. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and I'm pretty yeah. sure every parent no. would be like this. Yeah, it's... It's parenting whack jobs. I'm yeah. s- I I slightly apologize for saying homeschool whack jobs. I'm sorry. Let's let's well, ba- let me balance this out. There are just some parents that really they need to go back to the 70s where we ate a ton of junk. <laughs> Do you not remember eating lickum sticks? It was like the I love stick, lickum sticks. Yeah, the stick itself was candy, and you dunk it into sugar to yes. eat it. And I'm yes. sure there are parents. These parents, um, or some parents like this, that would be like, no, our kids don't do that. Yeah. Well, and then then she, I said something funny about let's just have grace, people. And she said, also, it was their first party because they just joined this group and it's only their second year homeschooling. Way to win friends and influence people. Great job. Great job, <sighs> homeschoolers. We have another. <laughs> those, those are going to go running back to some large corporate school because they were rejected. <sighs> yeah. What, what do we have to say here? Eat the cake pop. 
It's not going to be the thing that kills your child. Yeah. <laughs> you know, welcome the new person in. Yeah. Don't, don't ostracize them. Oh yeah. my goodness sakes, alive. Well, it's kind of funny if you think about it this way. Like, what if a woman came in um, from a different country? You know? Well, here's the deal. I mean, I, I want to hear that. Yes, I do. We'll go there. I'm gluten free. Right. You know what I do when I go to a somebody's home and they offer me something with gluten? Yes. I eat it and I'm miserable later, but I'm, what do we call that? A flexitarian. I'll flex with the meal. If you have, what's the, what's the disease? Celiacs. If you have celiacs, yeah. obviously you're going to say, hey, you know what? This could really, really harm me. And we have a friend who mm-hmm. can really get harmed and his kids can't. I get it. So don't write any hate mail for this one. Yeah. We actually have a niece who has celiacs and, yeah. and, and, and a bunch of other things. <laughs> she eats yeah. like lettuce and oatmeal. But the statement wasn't that. The statement was, I wouldn't let my kids eat that crap. Right. And right. that's just like, oh, I won't let them have processed sugar or, or this stuff. Right. And, because one time in the name of grace and community... That might kill them. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And I like how you said that. In the name of community. Mm-hmm. You know, you were welcoming two people into this community. So the foreign person who comes right. in. You know, and brings her, uh, you know, Indian masala or something that you've never tried before. Do you say, oh, I just wouldn't eat that. Actually, you know, it reminds me of this time we were at a restaurant for a very swanky dental event. And it was a seafood restaurant. And remember, there was one woman who the entire time kept saying, I don't eat fish. I don't eat fish. I don't. We all could not stand this harping woman. Yeah. And do you remember the deal <laughs> with that that dinner? The people that took us were paying for it. Yes. And it was 100 bucks each yes. for a, uh, what do you call that, pre, pre-fix yeah. meal? Uh-huh. And uh, she, so you're you're complaining about the food and the oh, gift. Gosh, There's a grace. gift being laid out. So Grace and community people. Reminds me of Indiana Jones. You're insulting them, and you're embarrassing me. Wow. You know, really? that scene where they're cutting open the snake belly, and they're serving the monkey heads, and the oh, woman won't eat them that's in Indiana. In the, ooh, that's the, that's the, the no, I guess one it wasn't I didn't that like. scene. It was the second movie. It that was, was Temple of Doom. Yeah. It, but it was in the scene where they were offering her food, and she said, I, I don't eat it. I didn't. He said, you're offending them. Yeah, right, right. That was a great scene for that movie. Yeah. Hey, speaking of movies, mm-hmm. um, we would like to encourage our listeners to go over and check out uh, another podcast by some friends of ours. You're just the podcast king, Fletch. Well, I love to send people to, to stuff that we love, and this is Christ in Cinema. So if you like movies, like I do, and if you like to find um, images of Christ or redemptive stories or just stories about faith or, you know what, watch the Lego movie and realize that it's not a Christian movie, but there's a lot of themes in there that you can pull out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we do in our family. We we watch a lot of movies that people say, well, that's not a Christian movie. Well, it's not, but you can find Christian themes and you can find biblical themes mm-hmm. in those movies. So, and you can see where um, hoping in something other than Jesus brings destruction. Yeah, so Michael and Brendan over at um, Finding Christ in Cinema on the Great, no, it's the yeah the Great Commission Transmission Network. Um, they they like to analyze films, and I sent in a film request, and they analyzed it. And the reason I'm mentioning it here, Kench, is mm. it's a homeschooling movie that I wanted them to analyze. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It is a homeschooling movie. No, oh, okay. it's uh, it's M Night Shyamalan's The Village, which I have drawn many similarities to the village and homeschooling. And if you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. If if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's really not about monsters. It's not really a scary movie. It's um, about a village. So um, I would recommend going over and checking them out. They they just um, 
discussed the village this week. And it's a lot of fun to listen to other people talk about movies and you can kind of sit on these sides. But they've talked about other movies. They've, ta- they've talked about the Lego movie and um, The Hobbits and Lord of the Rings and Star Trek. There's a bunch of movies there. So go check out Finding Christ in Cinema at findingchristincinema.com. And with that, why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we'll talk about the have to get to parent. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hey there, homeschoolers. I'm Michael. And I'm Brendan from Finding Christ in Cinema. Once you've finished listening to this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, come on over and join us as we discover Christian themes in your favorite movies at ChristinCinema.com. The have to get to parent. Yes. Who are you? I am the have to. You are very good at have to, I have to say. But... More often, kids are like, Dad's going to take us for a walk, Dad's. And I'm like, great, while Dad's taking you for a walk, I'm going to go get the laundry done. <laughs> and I'm going to clean up my closet. <laughs> I'm going to do all the stuff I have to do. Yeah. So we we definitely relate to this topic, and we've talked about it often. Um, and let's break this down, okay? Let's break down the idea. So we're talking about the stereotypical homeschool family. And in this family that we're talking about, who is doing the homeschooling? Well, typically mom is because dad is out working, uh, making a living so that mom can actively homeschool those kids. All right. So let's just make a disclaimer right from the start. We understand that there are homeschool dads who do the homeschooling. Right. And we understand there are moms that do the um, predominant work. Mm -hmm. We also understand that there are dads that work for home. So we get all those little variations. We're talking about the typical setup where one parent is the have-to parent. Yeah. And one parent is the get-to parent. And it seems that way because although they've been working away all day, let me just talk about me because this is ridiculous. <laughs> Let's I'm, talk about you. I'm much. working my butt off. I leave at six in the morning and I come back at six at night and I'm not looking to well, let's dig into everybody's math work and let's uh, let's start doing a load of laundry and let's make sure we get th- I'm I'm wanting to come home and relax and it's the end of your schooling day and so it's natural for all of us to want to relax. So it appears as though dad's here for all the fun. Right. Right. So I mean I, that's hard to escape that, right? Yes. And so you have to be active and you have to address that. I think dads we have to do that. We have to just acknowledge that that is going on and be willing to say Yeah. Hey, I get it. I'm I'm look I'm the half I'm the get to parent. It it appears that way. Yeah. And I think the other thing that that we need to really communicate here as the veteran homeschoolers, you know, the ones who've been doing this forever, is that even though your wife or even though your husband, whoever it is, is home homeschooling those children, is not producing an income. There's no paycheck with this job. It is a full-time job. If your wife or your husband was employed by the school system or any school system and teaching full-time during the day, there would be a paycheck that went with that and there would be certain expectations or certain leniency about home responsibilities. This is no different. Only mom's not getting a paycheck. So when dad comes home, again, there needs to be shared responsibility in the evening time. Am I right? Yeah, I think, and that's part of what I'm saying. One, the first thing is acknowledge that this is a truth. Because if you don't even recognize this, then you're not going to want to share anything. I think you have to say like, yeah, this happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm not actively doing it. That's what I was getting at. 
It's not like, hey, zippity doo da, I'm coming home to play with the kids. <laughs> right. I'm going to take them on a big walk. And and you're, you've mentioned that. That's a big thing I like to do is go on walks or take the dog out for a walk or go get a coffee or something like that. And so I'll say, hey, in my mind, I'm thinking, let me take the kids out of your hair because mm-hmm. you've been with them all day. Right. I know my wife. My wife likes alone time. So I'm going to take all these kids with me and we're going to go do something. But guess what I'm going to choose? Typically something fun because it's the end of my day. Oh, so right. I have to acknowledge that that I look like the get to dad because that's pretty much what I'm doing. Okay. And the perception doesn't come from me. The perception comes from the kids. Sure. Yeah. So, so the I ones. understand what you're doing. I'm like, yes, he took the kids out for the walk. Yeah. But I guess where it creeps back later yeah. is dad always lets us do the fun stuff. Uh-huh. Well, we always get to do this with dad. And why <laughs> right. are you always making us and do And I'm work? always the, the joy kill. Yeah. So part of that is acknowledging. Second thing I think is you have to switch roles. You know, we've yeah. talked about this. I wrote yeah. a blog post on it and said, you know what? You're the get to mom today. Take everybody to the beach. Right. And what I mean by that is this is not the day to go do a lap book on, you know, seagulls and lighthouses and tide reports. I mean, go to the beach, dig your toes in, feel warm, lean back, enjoy the sun, let the kids play up and down the beach and just have fun. Absolutely. And then let me get them for chore days, (laughs) Fridays and Saturdays, and work their little bodies to the bone with me. So at the end of the day, they're like, we want to do schoolwork with mom. That's a lot more fun. (laughs) Yeah. I love it when you, uh, you greet the day on Saturday with a big old list on the Island in the kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, which kid is doing what that day? Um, just because I think for them, it it makes them understand that there is a balance. Does that bum you out when it comes after the trip? to donuts. <laughs> yeah. But I could make that choice. I mean, you know, that's the thing as the as the have to parent, you can make the choice to be a little more get to during the day too, you know. I mean, I'll do that with the kids like, you know, I I'm home and so I can make y'all hot chocolate for breakfast, you know, or whatever it is. So, um, you know, maybe that's that's the mom who's feeling like she's totally the have to parent. Okay, so what can you do that's a little more get to during the day? Hey, let's take a quick break here. Uh, in this conversation, just to um, have a quick real life discussion about marriage, because you know the other thing about this that uh, I think a, a, one of our listeners on Facebook wrote this, and I think this is a really important part, and I think our listeners need to hear this when when you're playing these roles and you're not really playing when they when they're just naturally occurring, have to get to. Um, I come rolling in at night, and it's like, hey, let's go on a walk tonight. Let's take the dog for a walk. And let's go grab some coffees or let's go get Slurpees. Let's go for a car ride. And come on, mom, come with us. And what's your response? Um, Nine times out of 10, my response is, they're going to think that I'm a jerk because I don't want to go. But really, I don't want to go. I just want to like take a shower where nobody's knocking on the door. And (laughs) you know, I want to put my slippers on and make myself a cup of tea and maybe turn on something a little mindless or read a book or whatever, you know? Yeah, so the people in my get-to gang, let's not judge these people for not wanting to be part of the fun. Right. Let's not judge them for wanting to want to be by themselves or just say, no, 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 (laughs) you, you go and do your thing. Kind of like the, the wife in the clip from Tim Hawkins earlier at the start, you know, no, 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 no. you take them (laughs) (laughs) and you take them now. (laughs) So yeah, just a quick break there. So what's really fun about this conversation, Fletch, is that we got to pull some people in on this discussion. 
Rachel and Davis Carmen, many of our listeners may know them because they are the owners of Apologia. And they have seven kids. They've been homeschooling for a long time, just as we have. Um, and so when we mentioned this to them, they said, oh yeah, we totally, we totally relate to this and chimed in on this conversation with us. And it, it's just really fun to have them here. They were a great couple to talk to, partially because you know, we really, it's always fun when you meet another homeschooling couple with a ton of kids and, and they've gone through the age spectrum because what we felt like an instant connection with them. Like, yes, we understand <laughs> you and you understand us. I, and I think you'll hear this in the interview. I asked them this question and they laughed right off the bat. So, right. so they relate to the have to get to, and uh, we think you're going to enjoy it. So why don't we just let that tape roll and uh, we'll be back at the end. All right. Well, we are excited to have Rachel and Davis Carmen on the phone with us and in part of this conversation of the Have to Get to Parent. Um, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Well, sure. I'd love to. Uh, Davis and Rachel Carmen. I am a, a stay-at-home homeschool dad where I work out of a home office leading Apologia Educational Ministries. Uh, they're the number one publisher of creation-based science and Bible curriculum, we have all these number one awards, and it's a very exciting journey to be able to help families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith. Rachel and I have been married 28 years. We have seven children, three homeschool graduates, one college graduate, and our oldest just got married this last summer. But we like to call this the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime, complete with a roller coaster twists and turns and an occasional lazy river ride. So <laughs> you never know what you're going to find around the bend. But uh, we, we love what we're doing. Uh, we uh, uh, love you know, being a family and making homeschooling a, a lifestyle. And I'll let Rachel you know, introduce a little bit of herself and tell her what it's like as a homeschool mom. Okay, so I'm married to him. And when I'm not getting to snuggle on the couch and read to the boys or uh, referee a character issue, or um, plan for my homeschool week. I enjoy encouraging homeschool moms at conferences or on my blog through articles and posts. I love sharing my heart, my journey, what God has taught me. Other people have been so generous in teaching me along the way. It is my privilege to encourage other moms. So I'm, I'm just great. I'm just so grateful that God has brought us on this journey. All right. Very cool. And where are we talking to you from? Where are you at? What part of the country right now? We are located in Waxhaw, North Carolina, which is just south of Charlotte. Oh, right on. Okay, you so you can hear the North Carolina in their voices. Yeah, can, <laughs> can you hear the California in our voice? I'm, I'm not sure I ever know what California sounds like. Uh, but, well, yeah. which, which part of California are you from? We are uh, dead center. In, well, not dead center. Maybe north dead center in um, right near Modesto, California. So we're just south of uh, Sacramento. Just. West of San Francisco by about an hour east, and a half. East of oh, sorry, San Francisco. East of, if you're in an hour and a half west. West would be paddling in yeah. the Pacific. <laughs> I want to come visit you if you were there because I've never known of that place. <laughs> so yeah, that's where we are. But um, well, we are uh, talking on this episode about the have to get to parents. And before we started, before I pushed the record button, we noticed that um, you guys were laughing about that. So uh, tell us how you relate to the topic of the have to parent and the get to parent. Well, I would say that that started when we started because we don't have time to pursue the whole story of how we got into this. But the short 
Reader's Digest version would be that homeschooling was for other people, not for me. And in fact, I actually made fun of homeschool parents because I just thought it was ridiculous to try to achieve educating your children in your own home. But all that to say, God was very gracious in the journey that he brought us to, but he literally brought us to a crossroads where Davis, we had had our oldest son in school, the public system for 13 days, and circumstances were just not encouraging. And he went to check him out to see if it was our imagination and actually brought Charles home that same day by noon. And I was just terrified. And we chased around town trying to find an alternative school option. And at the end of that chase around town, we were at home. And I finally paused long enough for him to get a word in edgewise. And he said to me, he said, what about homeschooling? And I just thought I was going to have an out-of-body experience. I, he tell, when he tells the story, he says that my head spun on my shoulders. <laughs> and I, I looked at him and I literally said, oh, let me get this straight. You get to go to work all day and I get stuck home with the kids. That was my original impression of what homeschooling was going to be. So you right off the bat have the, uh, I'm going to be the have-to mom and he is the get-to dad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just from the very beginning, that was my perception. And it was not, it was, I was not excited about this in the beginning. So is that, is that the way it's played out? Do you find that Davis is the get-to parent and you are the have-to parent? No, I love my job. (laughs) I mean, it's, God has just so worked on my heart. It's, it's not that way at all anymore. I, I feel like it is such a privilege to be home and see what God is doing in the lives of these children. But it took me a while to to make the decision to change my attitude about it. Mm. And even though I was the one who may have initiated the idea, it was still a two-by-four over-the-head experience. I, I was very reluctant at the beginning. We, we really didn't know um, how to do this, and it was an emergency mode decision. Uh, even that first year, we often told each other, you know, this is just one year at a time. You know, we can, you're not going to mess up kindergarten. <laughs> but uh, one year is about as far as we were thinking that first year. Uh, um, but at the end of that first year, we went to a conference and the light bulb went off and we decided let's wipe the slate clean and take a little bit more control over the you know, what this could be, what it could look like for our marriage and parenting and education and try again brand new. And of course, the second year was better, but it, it took several years, three, four or five years before, as Rachel said, the transition began. And uh, in particular for her, the have to started to fade into more of a get to because of what she was experiencing firsthand. Did you have a question specifically? I do, because at this point, I'm just wondering how old your children are that you have in your home now that you're still homeschooling. Okay, so right now... With three launched, we have Molly, who is a junior in high school, Lily, who's a freshman in high school, and then Joseph, who is in the seventh grade, and Benjamin, who's in the sixth grade. So I know from from having a similar family structure, we have we have just one more, but we actually thought we were done with seven. Sure. <laughs> and then I w- he was five months old, and God said, no, guess what? <laughs> You're not done. So we have these two little guys at the end who are 14 months apart. And I just think it's God's great sense of humor to give an old mom two very active little boys at the end there. 
I um, totally agree with you. I uh, am not 24 anymore. These no. two these ones at the end have been so, I mean, I, I didn't realize how exhausted I was the first time to, through, but the second time through, my goodness. Oh, yes, that is totally the truth. Agree. Yeah, exactly. So um, there were years in there, Rachel, that I, I really felt like I was drowning and I'll have young moms say to me, I don't know how you do it. And I say, I don't, I don't either. <laughs> to be honest with you, yeah, I look so. back and there was about a decade where I felt like I was, I just couldn't keep my head above water. And so for the mom who's in that situation right now, for the homeschooler who feels like I just have to get up every morning and do the things that have to be done. And then dad gets to come home at the end of the day and swoop in and everybody's like, daddy's home. And I, you know, I feel like I've been just dragged across the floor by my hair. <laughs> right. So what do you have to say to that mom who feels like she is, she's in that drowning moment and, um, but dad gets all the glory. <laughs> oh goodness. I, I'm with you, Kendra. I totally remember that period of time and you do feel like you're going under. And the first thing that I would want to say to that mom is it's not your imagination. I consider that period of time that trench warfare, if you would, when they're all shorter than you, when they can't do anything, you're buckling everybody in, you're making the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you're wiping their nose. I mean, they're really not doing anything. That's really a very difficult time. And I think it's so important for these moms to be affirmed in the importance of what they're doing every day, wiping those noses, making those sandwiches, saying something for the one millionth time again, um, reading those books over and over. It's hard, but I think it's important to know that you're not alone. After the affirmation of knowing that it's not your imagination and you're not alone, I would just say breathe. Mm. There were so many days that I just lived so uptight and I, and I would forget to breathe. I don't know about you, but I would, I would find myself holding my breath and I was white knuckling through every day. Yeah. And I would just say, breathe and, and try your very best to relax and enjoy. I had an older homeschooler when I was in the midst of that somewhere. And she said, you know, I think if you'll lean into the crazy instead of trying to fight it, you'll all be happier. Hmm. And that was some of the best advice I got. And I think part of my problem, and I don't know if you can relate to this at all, but part of my problem was my uh, perfectionist control freak tendencies. You know, I wanted everything just so, and I wanted everything laid out, and I wanted everything to follow a certain pattern, and it didn't. And that was okay. But until I braced, embraced that it was okay, I was miserable. And so when I started realizing that it was okay, that everything wasn't perfect all the time and that I really could enjoy the littles and we could laugh together and we can enjoy each other. And when I started breathing, it, it made that period of time, I won't necessarily say less challenging, but I will say I was able to enjoy the challenge of that period more than I did before. Mm, that's good. So um, I'm going to flip over to Davis for a second because we we do have some men that listen to this podcast. And actually, lately, they've been the ones asking all the questions. Um, so if you and I can just agree or maybe accept and acknowledge that, yeah, this happens. You know, dads get to be the, the proverbial good guy sometimes. Um, I've kind of come up with three things I've said, and one of them is – and, and maybe I just get some feedback on them one at a time for you. And that's the idea of engaging. 
uh, because a lot of dads just sit on the periphery of homeschooling. And, you know, maybe the first time they ask is, hey, what'd you learn in history? And they're they're all about the ancients. And then the next time he asks, it's, you know, the Revolutionary War. And then the third time he asks, suddenly they're at the Kennedy assassination. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's dad's level of engagement. But um, th- that just engaging. And then the idea maybe of... Uh, you know, just being your wife's uh, biggest cheerleader and the encourager. And then lastly, the idea of occasionally swapping. So uh, any thoughts on those or feedback? Well, uh, yes, certainly. I remember uh, back in the day when, as Rachel said, she was in the trenches of all this. You know, I'd get the call uh, in the office at work. This is when I worked out of the home or in an office outside of home. And I could tell, you know, she was at her wit's end. She was at her, the end of her proverbial rope. And and I needed to remind her and remind myself why we were doing this. And at the beginning, it, it was probably a little bit of convincing myself that, you know what, the relationships really were more important than the academics. The spiritual and character development was more important than getting everything done today. And she would respond to that. She would respond very positively. And, you know, I could tell I was helping her by giving her verbal affirmation and support. Of course, then when I got home, I had to remember that this was a tough day. And so that's when, you know, I might try to pick it up more than normal in terms of helping with the kids, helping with dinner, uh, giving her some reassurance and hugs. But it, it, for the men, I think it's really paying attention that your wife generally is carrying the lion's share of the workload. And I think what we can do to help is to make sure they're not also carrying 100% of the responsibility. So a a practical piece of advice I like to give dads is to make sure you know the homeschool law in your state and take care of the administrative responsibilities related to that. Uh, For instance, in North Carolina, we have to file a notice of intent to begin, and I made sure I was the one doing that and sending the renewals in each year rather than Rachel. And I got the file cabinet with you know everything that's happened each year, which includes keeping the attendance records, the immunization records, and we have to take a standardized test each year. So once again, I made sure that I took that responsibility off of her plate because she had enough of the workload already, and I would take the kids to the standardized testing group or we'd do it individually at home, and we've done different kinds of... Uh, of uh, the testing that's available these days. But th- that's at least one practical example that hopefully some guys can, you know, take the challenge and take something off their wife's plate because there's no doubt they're they're carrying a, a huge amount of the workload. But there are some things we can do to help. Yeah, now have you ever uh, chosen to swap and say, hey, this is an off day and I'm going to take over everything or as much as I can? Well, we've certainly had uh, you know, your basic teacher work day uh, where Rachel's going to say, okay, t- today, tomorrow, or maybe this week, I'm going to reorganize the schoolroom. I'm going to go through all the, the books and put the old ones away, the new ones in, probably go through the clothes and do all that kind of nesting that's required just to get on top of everything, get ready for a new school year or maybe halfway through the year. And those are the days where yeah, I, I have to re- remind myself, this is the day that I need to fully engage. I need to step up to the plate and I need to take the kids probably out of the house because kids, 
you know, are still going to want something from mom. And so we'll get outside, we'll go to a park, uh, we'll try and just literally get away. Now, there, I will say there were times when we had regular uh, planning days for Rachel, and those were shorter blocks of time, you know, maybe two to four hours. And, and I would try and do some intentional training with the kids, uh, ranging from, you know, what it really means to obey, and we'd practice obeying. Uh, we'd actually even learn, you know, the Greek alphabet and the Hebrew alphabet. We'd uh, you'd memorize some scriptures together, or I'd just read to them. I mean, it's, it's amazing what just sitting down and reading books can do when the mom's reading to the kids and when the dad's doing that to the kids, and you got a book that you're going through. So just being a part of reading the books that you're probably going to be reading through the year is a great way to bond with the kids and take something else off of mom's place so that she can have a little bit of a break and know that you really do support what's going on. Matter of fact, you, you have some ownership in this school. So uh, what does a marriage tune-up at the end of the day look like for you? <laughs> oh, that's an excellent question. I, we had a policy that when he would come home at the end of the day, one of the things that I found was difficult and maybe other mothers do and um, is how do you transfer authority when the mom has been the authority all day and then dad comes home so that the kids aren't running back and forth between mom and dad? Um, and so we had sort of a policy that when he came in and the, the kids were still coming to me because they'd been coming to me all day because he'd been gone, we had a thing where I would say the captain is in. And it was really awesome because the kids would start coming to me and I sort of had this peaceful little bubble that I could put myself in where I would just say the captain's in and I would send them to go ask Davis and then I could have sort of some a mental space to make dinner or to nurse the baby or to clear off my desk or what it, fold laundry, whatever. And then at the end of the day, as Davis was really good to do primarily um wrestling the kids to bed and that's generally what it's been at our house we haven't had kids that just were like yay it's bedtime let's go to bed um but davis would would get the kids to bed and then we did spend time in the evening together sort of unpacking the day um going through what happened he was he is an excellent listener and i really appreciate that i'm sure that being married to a homeschool mom has challenged his listening abilities because i probably had more to say but we have had, again, excellent mentors who have taught us um, the value of prioritizing our marriage. And so we have worked to have dates regularly uh, to listen to each other. And I'm, I'm very grateful for how the Lord has really helped us and protected our marriage through the whole journey. That's a really excellent point. And I, I know um, in our home, Fletch will just sometimes say, hey, you guys, mom is off. <laughs> and it's, I think you said it. It's that mental, the mental break. I don't have to be then the one constantly answering the questions or or making the decisions when they've been, you know, that's what I'm doing all day long. Um, exactly. So, yeah, that's a, that's, that is such a practical, helpful way. I think a dad can just sort of say, hey, guys, let, you know, give mom space. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We are excited to be able to offer to our listeners uh, 
in a form of raffle Rachel's new book. How many times do I have to tell you? Uh, can you, that I'm already laughing about the topic. <laughs> Great but can, title. Thank you. Yeah, can you uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what that book is about? Oh, I would be happy to. This book is really my heart because this book was born out of my own experience as a mom, just trying to um, speak to my children and uh, all the things that we say from pick up your socks to take out the trash, to look at me when I talk to you, to um, where's your brother, all of those different things we say. I found myself one day looking at my oldest son and I had him by the shoulders and I was like, pay attention. And it was like a beam of light shone down from heaven and this moment, and it was like God said to my heart, Rachel, pay attention. And I was just soberly stunned by the fact that here I was saying something to Charles, and yet God was wanting to say the same thing to me. And he ran off, and in my stunned moment, I sat down at my desk and started writing down all the things that I was saying to my kids. And everything that I was saying to my kids, I could hear echo in my heart that God was trying to say that same thing to me. And so the premise of the book is there's a dare involved. If you'll dare to consider... What are the things that you're saying to your kids over and over and over and, and write those things down and then prayerfully consider, could these be things that the God of the universe is also trying to say to me? Could it be that I've been holding my kids to a higher standard than I'm actually living, which is, is really profound to consider. Because that's what I have found to be true. God continues to pursue my heart. And if I don't respond, those same issues show up in my kids. And I say these things to my children. And God in heaven is going, yes, Rachel, when are you going to listen to me? When are you going to pay attention? Please look at me. Let's hold hands. I will never leave you. I love you. All of these different things. But really the most exciting thing to me about this book is I believe that this book can be a rallying point for us as moms, because unfortunately in motherhood, we have all these different, we become segmented. You've got the homeschool moms and the private school moms and the public school moms, and you've got the moms that have lots of kids and the moms who have one kid. You have the empty nesters. You've had the moms that have all the littles. And I think the beautiful thing about this is this is a topic that we can all come around because we're all talking to our children. We all love our children and we can all come around this to do something that really glorifies God, and that's to listen to His voice. And so that's why I'm real excited about it. Oh, we're excited to give that to uh, one of our listeners. So we'll have details as to how you could win a copy of that book. Uh, In the meantime, Davis, if our listeners want to find more out about you and your family and even more about the book, where would they go online to do that? Well, there'd be a couple places they could go. They could start with Apologia.com. That's the publishing company's website. And then I have a blog uh, that is primarily about helping families be successful in the homeschool journey, and it's called homeschoolcastles.com. Rachel has a blog where she does uh, video blogging, um, writing blogging, all all kinds of things happening quite a bit on hers, and that's hissunflower.com. Great. All right. Well, we want to thank you very much for taking the time to be on Homeschooling in Real Life, and we would love to have you back on for other topics uh, in the future. That would be our pleasure. Thank you so much again for having us today. 
Yes, thank you. Good to be with you. Hey, that was great to talk to them. What a great couple, and I look forward to having them back on for more topics. Oh, so do I. I think they uh, they would relate to our listeners in a lot of ways, and we really hope you enjoyed the conversation we had with them. So let's put a challenge out to our listeners. Um, if you're the have-to or get-to parent, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a couple ways we'd love to hear from you, uh, either on Facebook at facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl, or you can tweet to us at homeschoolirl. If you'd like to email in to us, it's info at homeschoolingirl.com. And uh, what do we want to hear, Kench? Well, we'd love to hear your feedback because this helps us to plan future episodes. And um, we do pray for our listeners, and we have regular discussions about you all, and we would be honored and delighted to pray for your family. Yeah, and there's another way we'd love to hear from you, and that's by going to iTunes. We've put this challenge out a lot, but we've found that by going to iTunes and leaving a review, either you know we always ask for a five-star review, or if you want to leave a comment for us, we read every one of those and we respond. We have fluff at the beginning of our show because a listener <laughs> wrote in about that. We, right. It doesn't matter what you say in there. We love to hear from you. And our other listeners love to know what you think. And iTunes is a great place to do that. The more that you go to iTunes and leave a review, the more people will hear about homeschooling IRL. It's not about popularity. I could care less about that. You couldn't care less, Fletch. I can never get that quote right, Kendra. Would you stop it? Did, Sorry. Did people know what we meant? Mom and me. It's the half to. But did they know what I meant? They knew what you meant, but I think they this did. is our mother tongue. Yeah, that is. I shouldn't be battling with English. <laughs> Especially since I was an English major. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. So I couldn't care less. Correct. Correct. Could you not could, care less. Could not care less about, than you do. About the popularity. <laughs> do I have to break it down that far to like actually say the sentence? Um, but we really do care about letting other people know about homeschooling in real life. Every single day now, we get an email, we get a message, we get something in from people who've been just found our show for the very first time and say things like, I, I'm just so glad you guys are so refreshingly honest and real. And you know what? Sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's a bad thing. Well, I'll tell you, when, when your homeschool community um, consists of parents who won't eat the snacks you brought, <laughs> we might feel like a breath of fresh air. Well, maybe. Or maybe I'll call them homeschool whack jobs and then that is <laughs> And then a, we lose listeners yeah, then, right like, and left. So today we've probably dropped. But, you know, run to iTunes and, and just leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Um, in the meantime... Our next show, Homeschooling in Real Life to Go. We hope you've been enjoying the shorter shows. Um, what do we have next week? Oh, don't look at me with those <laughs> eyes like, like you've been caught in the headlights. What, what do you mean do we, we don't know we have next week? week? I know we have episode 42. I'll give yeah. you that. And it'll be shorter because it's a homeschooling to go. <laughs> what is the topic, though? The topic actually comes again from a question from a listener, and it is how to deal with homeschool critics. Yeah, and it'll be a quicker one, but we'll, we'll answer that one. That one actually might breed a lot more conversation, so mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Hey, and then coming down the road, let me let you, let you know what's coming up. Uh, on episode number 43, we're going to go down that theme we've we've been going down, which is I love homeschooling, but... And it's, I love homeschooling, but I hate homeschool conventions. So we're going to be talking about how to survive uh, the main floor of a conference. And here's the deal. In March, don't forget, we're going to be at Teach Them Diligently Nashville on the weekend of March 19th, 20th, and 21st. And we would love to meet you. If you're anywhere near the area, please track us down. 
We're going to be walking through the hall with, with two beautiful homeschool daughters that are going to be traveling with us. Yeah, and you know what else is fun about that, Fletch? What else is fun about this, Kendra? Rachel and Davis Carmen will be there, too. So oh, if that's you right. would yeah. like to meet our guests from today's episode, they also will be speaking at Teach Them Diligently in yeah, Nashville. Yeah, actually, a lot of our past guests will be there because are Helen and Melanie Young going to be there, do you think? Um, Helen and Melanie will not be at that one, but they will be at the other locations, Sandusky, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, and Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, well... There's plenty of opportunity for you to meet some of our guests at uh, some of these Teach Them Diligently conventions. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to get a picture together. We'll put it up on Facebook. We'll have a lot of fun. And uh, so look for us then that weekend. If you want to make the trip, please don't hesitate to find us and track us down. Um, Easy to find. Uh, Kendra looks like a princess and I look like Shrek. And that's the same thing every time. Um, So we want to thank you for listening to this episode. You have to, parents. Um, boy, God's blessings on you. You get two parents. Um, share the wealth <laughs> yeah, with yeah. your have to go part. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. This is Davis and Rachel Carmen with Apologia Educational Ministries. We are calling from North Carolina, where we are living by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them on iTunes. Homeschooling in Real Life.